The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. On Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. Sunday, bloody Sunday has begun, and Seattle's collapse is a complete sleep is in Seattle is what's exactly going to happen. It's going to be a long flight back to the Pacific Northwest for the Seattle Seahawks. A gut-wrenching, gut-wrenching 23-20 loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but the Seattle Seahawks cover the number. So the Seahawks uh, cover the number. Hell of a football game. Crazy football game. And is it just me? Or is it like, uh, man, I've never seen this before. Uh, and we, we say that a lot recently. Like, wow. You know what? The day started off kind of slow. It was kind of a flat uh, early slate. But as the day went on in the National Football League, things started to get crazy. And I guess it's fitting. And honestly... Uh, that London game was pretty wild at the end of it. So I guess the first game and the last game and a couple of games in between kind of feel for Geno Smith, who played his heart out tonight, ends up fumbling the football. You know, I give credit to Watt more so than blame Geno for it. It's bounces, man. It's freaking bounces, right? Like some teams, some teams, you know, it's not going your way. It's like betting. And speaking of which, man, speaking of which, like, well, Friday night, Saturday night, things didn't really get any better today. And you know what was terrible? It was almost like before because the picks were pretty good, but I lost a lot of different things in a lot of different weird ways, man. A lot of different weird ways. And somebody with thinner skin might be a little bit scarred and shocked uh, right now. I'm not scarred or shocked. I'm just full of rage. Like, dear God. So... Whatever, man. Who ruined my Sunday? Who didn't ruin my Sunday? Who didn't? Like, like the icing on the cake, though, and you know, it has to be. The icing on the cake has to be looking and seeing that Najee Harris finished with 81 rushing yards. I have 81 and a half to the over. Yeah, why not? Why not, right? You know, well, why not? Makes perfect sense that that's the, you know, whatever. I won some other props. We won some props. We did well with the props. We didn't even do terrible in this game, but we're going to get to the other game. Everything's just pissing me off right now. Everything is pissing me off right now, including the Los Angeles Dodgers losing tonight to the Atlanta Braves after having a 4-2 lead, a late 4-2 lead, playing without Justin Turner. Playing without Max Muncy. The injuries are starting to add up for the Los Angeles Dodgers right now. 
Atlanta now have a 2-0 series lead going back to Southern California. Now, I know Atlanta Brave fans are feeling pretty good about themselves right now. Hey, enjoy it. I get it. I'd be feeling, I'd be, I, listen, I'd much rather be up 2 nothing than down 2 nothing. I'll tell you that. But, but, let me remind everybody what happened last year. The Atlanta Braves were up three games to one on the Dodgers. Only need to win one more and didn't. The San Francisco Giants were up 2-1 on the Los Angeles Dodgers. Only need to win one more game and didn't. Until the Dodgers are dead, be careful what you wish for. The late night anchor management class. This is Sports Rage. Having fun yet? Sunday, bloody Sunday. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between the Pittsburgh Steelers have just wrapped up another wild uh, day of football in the National Football League. 23-20 is the final score, but the Seattle Seahawks uh, cover the number. And what? The, the, the total was 43.5 in this game, so it actually stays under by half a point. Geno Smith was solid, 23-32 for 209 yards. Unfortunately, Geno Smith just fumbled in overtime. Was it his fault he fumbled? No. It was a hell of a play from T.J. Watt, and uh, things are going pretty good uh, for the Watt brothers uh, right now. As uh, J.J. Watt. And remember, too, remember when, uh, let's, let's go back. I'd like to, like, seriously go back in time and look on Twitter and see everybody's comments about Arizona signing J.J. Watt. And how people laughed it up and like all that other stuff and how they're overpaying him and what are they doing? They don't know what they're doing. They're spending all this money. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah, well, I, you know, I'm pretty sure that, you know, all the, all the critics will be just as, uh, will be just, uh, just, just as loud now, right? In a similar situation, the firing squad is out for Dave Roberts uh, right now after tonight's loss. Dave Roberts has done a great job in the playoffs and gotten zero credit, and they lose a game, and Dave Roberts, uh, they want uh, his head. Yet, it's not really Dodger fans. It's more so like other people. So it seem to all be like Dodger insiders and Dodger experts. Um, but listen, they rolled the dice too many times. They went to Urias too many times. I'm not blaming uh, Dave Roberts. Uh, Ron Darling, who I think that does a great job during the games, who was a great pitcher and a World Series champion, uh, basically said, like, when you bring in six and seven pitchers in a game, not all of them are going to be perfect, right? And that's, that's the problem. So I guess it's up to you to bring in the right guys. But they went back to the Arias well too many times. Trust your bullpen. Let's you know, stop going to the, the, the starters all the time and putting them in situations that they're not fully used to all the time. Yeah, let's talk about the runners left in scoring position. It has nothing to do with any manager. Jason B. Takafin's going to step up and in. We'll see what the general manager has to say. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All 
all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Red Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Hey, look! There's a big crowd welcome us back, even though we lost. Hey, I'll give you something to cry about, you loser. You can't catch a football? Let's see if you can catch a rock. <laughs> the late night anger management class, this is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenci, and I guess I'm going to pull a Jack Buck. I don't believe what I just saw. And I guess we can say that almost every night. The, the Atlanta Braves are the fourth team in Major League Baseball history to win game one and two of a postseason series via walk-off hits. Eddie Rosario is the fifth player in postseason history with a four-hit game, including a walk-off hit as the Atlanta Braves now have a 2 nothing series lead on the Los Angeles Dodgers. A dramatic night tonight in the ATL, although I don't even think they play in Atlanta uh, anymore. They're like in, no, no, they're in the suburbs uh, somewhere far, far away from Atlanta. They didn't want to say it, but Atlanta was too urban for them. They found that their their demographic and their fan wasn't comfortable, <laughs> right? Like you wonder how many how many stadiums do you guys need? Need a new stadium? But like, yeah, they did their demographic, their their marketing, marketing. In other words, basically, they wanted it like you know. And same thing as like the Atlanta Hawks when they got uh, they got nailed with the internal memo. Stop playing so much rap music at Atlanta Hawk games. It's freaking season ticket uh, holders out because God forbid you play rap music. Uh, like I said, you look at the Atlanta games, and you look at all the games, and like San Francisco, everybody, they're all nut jobs, all decked out in giant gear. Los Angeles, everyone. You look in, you, you look in Atlanta, the, the common Brave fan, they've got the fleece on, the fleece and the polo shirt underneath. I don't even think they stood up when the Braves won. But uh, that's what it makes it even worse. And I'm so sick and tired of the tomahawk chop. You know that's politically incorrect now, you jackasses. God, thank God we're going back to Los Angeles. Let's bring in Jason B. Takafin. And uh, Jason, I'm sure, is uh, very pleased after that Seattle. Like I said, I don't even know what the hell I just watched, Jason. Jason B. Takafin, three-time champion, general manager with the Vancouver Canadians. Uh, he was a general manager of Toronto uh, Blue Jays A-ball affiliate, so he knows baseball. Jason, always a pleasure. How you doing? Gabe, explain to me how I shouldn't be mad at Geno Smith right now. You know what? I'm mad at everybody right now, Jason. So I'm, I'm, I've had one of these betting weekends, sport fan weekends, in which, like, I, I swear to God, bro, if I had a hundred bucks for every time I said you've got to be effing kidding me to myself today or out loud, I'd have like half a million dollars right now, bro. Like, there's just so many of these. Oh, I can't effing believe that. Like, you got to be kidding me, right? Like, over and over and over again. And I guess the last one was that Geno Smith fumble. And I'm not even blaming him. It was almost heartbreaking to watch it happen. It took the ball out of his hands in the fourth quarter. And I expected him to start throwing again late in the fourth quarter and then in overtime. And it just doesn't work like that for a guy who's been on the bench for four years. Like in the, and it's tough because they were tied. Pittsburgh, I think, is a better team, uh, except for Roethlisberger. But, I don't know, it was hard to watch. I thought once we forced him to punt, that's that great, uh, that great sort of stand-up tackle. I thought we would have gotten the ball back. They moved the ball down. We have a great field goal kicker. We could have, you know, we, we, we could have kicked a, a long one, a late one, and win it. But, alas, what are they going to do? The division's so hard this year anyways. We're 2-4. and four. We haven't played the Cardinals yet. Yeah, and the Cardinals are undefeated, of course. 
you know, just like on a deeper note, not to get depressing, but and I know you. I bring it up, Jason, only because I know you know someone that uh, you know wrote the book, right, with Trevor. So you know, Trevor Moa passed, passed away uh, earlier this year. And of course, you know Russell Wilson, one of Russell Wilson's closest friends, passes away. Russell Wilson, yeah, he breaks his finger. His finger, he's out forever. You know, serious injury tonight with the Seattle Seahawks. I'm just thinking, like, sometimes it's not your year. It's not your year. But they battled hard. That was the thing. Like, I actually just felt for them. And you can see Geno Smith and his, his sadness after the game, after that play. But it was a hell of a play by T.J. Watt. It really was. It was just a hell of a play. And that's why he's one of the best players in the NFL. Yeah, and he's, he is the most well-paid player in the NFL, and, and rightfully so. The hallmark of the Pete Carroll Seahawks and even the Pete Carroll Trojans is a sense of togetherness and a sense of energy. They even said it during the broadcast. They love Jamal Adams for his uh, for his intensity, for his juice was the word they used. And this team's not going to crumble because of chemistry or because of leadership. It's going to crumble because they don't have the talent or they don't execute. And that's been, as a Seahawks fan, that's actually been kind of nice to watch is they – they don't dog it. Like they bring it every single week for their fans. They really they pride themselves on the fans that travel with the team. They pride themselves on capital T team. And it's nice to see, to be honest with you, because there's other teams that kind of just pack in once they're going to get tough, and they're 100% not like that at all. Uh, it was another wild night in the National Football League, and we'll get back to uh, NFL football a little bit later on. Ian Cameron will join us. We'll take a look at the Week 7 uh, point spreads, and uh, don't worry, I'm going to uh, vent my rage a little bit later on about what happened uh, today. We'll go game by game uh, like we always do before I start to have a heart attack. But speaking of heart attacks, you know, frustrating loss for the Dodgers uh, tonight, especially after they take the 4-2 lead. Um, and even they should have capitalized and scored a couple of more runs. Now, Twitter's blowing up, and the Dave Roberts critics are out in full force right now. And, you know, after a loss, it's always easy to look back and say they should have done this, they should have done that. And we'll get to that uh, momentarily. But runners in scoring position, right? The Dodgers are just oh. not cashing in. And that's the manager can do nothing about that, guys. Right, that's up to the players. It's up to the guys to, you know what I mean, handle their business in the plate and be professional hitters. And they just don't do it. Like, there's too many times. Like, how many times have the Dodgers got leadoff guys on, dude, in, in, in the playoffs? Hey, there's Mookie Betts saying, oh, leadoff double, leadoff this. And, and they don't get anything out of it. Or they don't put a crooked number up enough. You know what I mean, Jason? It's like, all right, guys. Like, it's like you got two runs out of this, and they all celebrate. It's like, no, no. Let's let's end the game now. Let's put a crooked number up. They've left a lot of runs on the table. So that's my first point. My second point is, I'll ask you. And I, you know, Ron Darling brought it up. When you go to six or seven different relievers, eventually you're going to get burned. But I think they they've gone back to the same guys too many times. And I think fatigue kicked in, and saw you saw that a little bit tonight. Scherzer pitched the wild card game. He pitched game three. He closed out game five. He pitches again today. Arias is not a closer, and you can use him in certain spots, Jason, but what's this? Let's use him all the time in these spots. I don't like that, and I think that's where, to me, that's my beef with Dave Roberts tonight. I would not have went to the Arias again. Yeah, to me, it's, we'll get to the, the hitting the crooked numbers in a second. You made a great point, like, to me, the reason why the Dodgers are down 2 nothing is execution. Top of the seventh in game one, Chris Taylor leads off with a double. Austin Barnes sacrifices him over for Mookie Betts. 31, 31 out of 31 teams do that situation. 
where they get a, they get a run in scoring position with less than two outs for Mookie Betts and then Justin Turner. Mookie Betts fouls uh, fouled out the first. Justin Turner strikes out. That's a no runs uh, no runs get scored into the bottom of the ninth when the Braves win it today. Top of the sixth. Chris Taylor walks, steals second, goes to third in the sack fly, and they don't get anything. This is in the midst of Freddie Freeman uh, striking out seven consecutive times, which like doesn't even seem real, but he is he did strike out seven consecutive times, and they're not capitalizing on their guys in scoring position. The crooked numbers are nice, but you need to be able to manufacture the run that you manufacture. You've got to be able to get over the hump when you have a guy in scoring position with less than three with less than one out, and it is it is inexcusable for the Dodgers to not cash those guys in. And this this was their problem when they lost to the Astros. We can talk about the garbage cans and all that, but that, that's been the Dodgers. That was the Dodgers' albatross, so to speak. Runners left in scoring position, right? You know what I mean? They just, you know, they don't cash in enough in these spots. But with all that being stated, now let me ask you, about the pitching uh, situation and how could it handled, uh, be handled differently. Um, and, you know, we'll get Jason's uh, thoughts on this on the other side. Like I said, and Scherzer, Scherzer was mad about getting taken out in the wild card game. He wasn't tonight, right? He, he was almost like, yeah, I'm, I know, I know, right? It was one of those type of deals. But as I stated, go, you can't go back to Arias every damn game, right? Like that there, use your bullpen, trust your bullpen. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Don't ruin your appetites. I'm buying lunch for everybody on me. What's the occasion? I'm rich. I won my bets on the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and I chunked it all on a hockey game, and I won that. All right, all right. How much did you win? 116 bucks. What a windfall. Yeah. Yeah, I still feel tingly. Like that anger management class, this is Sports Rage. I gotta tell you, I wish I won one hundred and sixteen dollars uh, today. Like, <laughs> which I did not. I did not. Um, man, this has been a very frustrating weekend. You got to deal with it. It is what it is. If you play sports, you bet on sports. If you're a general manager in sports, Jason, it is what it is, right? But let me ask you: When you, what were the playoff uh, formats? Jason B. Takafin with us, former general manager of the Vancouver Canadiens, Toronto uh, Blue Jays, A ball affiliate. So you won three titles. What, what, what were the best of series? Is were they seven games, five games, best of threes? What was the playoff format for you guys? We had a split season, so we had first half winner and second half winner. Uh, this is when uh, the Northwest in the single A short season league was still around. It actually got. Uh, dissolved um, and, and then absorbed by uh, by the California League uh, when Miami Baseball did their cuts uh, during COVID. So 
we were um, we were always actually second half winners in the three years. It's kind of weird. Uh, we peaked at the right time. We would play a best of three against uh, the first half winner. Obviously, we win that. And then we go uh, two of three now, or at least when, uh, a few years afterwards, it became three of five. I wasn't there for three of five, um, but two of three I think is fine because you. You know, the kids are back in school. The weather starts to get, you know, a little bit cooler, and you kind of want the season to end about mid, uh, mid-September. mid You're not going to sell that many tickets on short notice when you only have a couple of days' notice um, that you've made the finals and, and, and are going all the way. Everything's about selling tickets in the end. See, there's the GM and the, the executive and Jason coming out because well, so I wanted to ask realistic. you. Yeah, no, no, I know. Is, is, is you don't want to have, and, and, you know, this is part of the larger conversation, what are baseball's? Weaknesses, I think, is that all their highlights are done with home runs and stuff, and they're they're all in empty seats. And if you were a marketer, you'd say, "Well, that's awful. How come I'm watching sports or how come I'm watching, um, you know, whether it's TikTok or YouTube Shorts or anything, where you're like on Twitter, like, okay, why is are all, all these games are happening with empty seats? That's a terrible mar- like that's a terrible marketing like platform. Like the NBA would never let that happen, right? Like you know, LeBron flying that's a good point. The and they're being empty seats. Well, the NFL, yeah, I know because um, I've interviewed Steve Sable before and uh, from NFL Films, and they thought about that in the early days, Jason, even. So, like, like literally, like, in your, like year, the early, early year one of NFL Films or, the, you know, the Sables when they started filming stuff, the NFL at the time, I think it was Hunt from KC, they couldn't show bombs because exactly that. Hunt said, "Listen, if you throw, you show the ball going up in the air, you're going to see a bunch of empty seats, <laughs> right?" Right. And he said, "He said we'll let you film whatever you want, and not even pay. Like you know what I mean? They were like, you can document the NFL, you can film whatever you want, but you must promise us that you won't show empty seats." And it's pretty crazy. Yeah? Like yeah, the shows the NFL, like. Even the guys that ran it then, I guess it's out of, like, uh, Mad Men or something, right? They even had smart executives right. then that were like, if we show empty seats, the product doesn't look as hot. You're right, because it's like, well, what am I? I'm not missing anything, and there's no one there, so what am I really missing, right? Like, you want to see people. You want to see, like, a buzz around this stuff. I actually watched it last night. It was on, like, overnight, and it was crazy just getting brought back to it. It was the 30 for 30 about Sosa and McGuire and all that. Oh, and yeah. you want you want to talk about full stadiums, man? And like it was crazy, like just how big it was. But so where I'm going with the series stuff is, we heard the same crap in the in the NBA Finals that the Bucks were done. They were done against the Nets. They were done. This team is done. I know it sounds cliche to say the series doesn't begin until somebody loses at home. We have the two three two format right now. The Los Angeles Dodgers were down 3-1 to the Braves. It's not like they're getting smoked here. And, oh, yeah, like they, you know, Muncy's out, but now I, Turner should be back. I mean, if he batted tonight, I assume he's going to play on Tuesday. So they play three nights in a row in Los Angeles. The Atlanta Braves are 1-10 their last 11 games, including getting swept at the end of August into the first week of September. So they played, like, last month. They got swept there. The Dodgers are 6-0 and in elimination games. The Dodgers like drama, Jason. Like, I don't think they're going to panic. It's Morton versus Bueller. There's a lot of baseball left in this series. I know our chat's blown up, and everyone hates the Dodgers, and they want my team to lose and all this type of stuff. I get it. But I tell you what, the Dodgers are far from dead right now, Jason B. Takafin. 
Yeah, they're definitely not. I wouldn't think that they were dead, even if they had lost the first two in Los Angeles and had to go to play three in uh, in Atlanta, similar like in 96, the Yankees lost the first two at home, and they ended up winning the next three in Atlanta. So here's my thing, is the Braves are probably seeing ghosts right now, to use an NFL term, is that they were up three to one against the Dodgers last year in the NLCS. Now they're up two nothing. And as happy as they are and as positive as that plane ride is going to be, they understand that they were here before and they blew it. And they understand that, okay, this team, it's still a great team, obviously, without Acuna Jr., without Soroka. Uh, they still have a very good team. They're actually they're, they're an incredible team when you, with, like, 1 through 26. I To get back to what you were saying before, with guys like Max Scherzer, they're not Max Scherzer's won three Cy Youngs. He has finished in the top five another four times. He's going to finish probably one or two this year. He has led leading strikeouts three times, innings pitched twice, complete games three times. AKA, what I'm trying to say is this guy's not a four and a third inning type of guy, right? He's not a Tanner Houck. He's not a Urias or Urias where you can just kind of put him in. Like when he gets the ball, he's thinking seven or eight. And I think for him to be put out there, and he didn't finish regular season so strongly. He didn't. He, he pitched really well in Game Three against Alex Wood, even though they lost. And then now he's gone four and a third again. It's really out of his comfort zone. It's something that he's not used to, and I think that's getting to him a little bit. When you give him the ball, no matter what, he only knows one speed. And I don't want the Dodgers to do that next Scherzer with the Dodgers did to Clayton Kershaw from 2012 to 2016-17, where they kind of overuse him. They don't put him in comfortable spots. They use him on three days rest. They gave yeah. remember in 2014. You don't want to see that. like you, Because then you're creating two problems. We only have one. Which if you have, let's say, a Max Hertz, you're like, okay, we don't have any problems in here. We're just going to start him on, on, on full days rest. And we know he's going to give us a Cy Young performance. And by mixing and matching him and taking him out and taking him out of his comfort zone, you may be creating another very big problem which the Dodgers seem to have because they don't seem to trust their bullpen if they're bringing in Urias in the eighth inning tonight. Yeah, which is strange, and I can't because their bullpen has been solid. But I think a little bit it's starting to catch up from the wild card game into the five games. It just sort of – but my deal is that I agree with you. You already bit the bullet. Like it seemed to me that the reason to go with the full bullpen game in game one was to get everybody else back on track, right? And then instead, you just went right back into this. So, Walker Buehler's going on Tuesday. Now, Walker Buehler also went in the game four must-win situation for them, right, uh, in Los Angeles. He is – he can handle this moment. So, I think he's the right guy. So, what about Wednesday? They go back to Urias, I guess, Wednesday. And then – so, Scherzer's going to pitch on Thursday, Jason, and he'll have, what, three days rest. Yeah, well, if he only went four and a third, then I guess he could go on three days rest – to me, it's Urias in game four. I, I think they timed it really well. This was just throwing day. Um, but they need a big start out of Walker Bueller. You know, everyone says he's like the next. He like took the baton from Steven Strasburg as this like postseason horse. He, he had 25 innings over five starts last year. Like that's an average of five, which is very good in 2021. But they need Yeah, I know. He's the definition of a modern pitcher, Jason. And I love him, but. Yeah. That's what he is. He's he'll give you five innings, give up two runs, and then he'll get a big applause and a big contract for it. it. Yeah, <laughs> look amazing doing it. He's got great stuff. He's got a twelve to six curveball. I just they need him to go six or seven. They can't have another toss up game where they're tied in the seventh inning and they've used four pitchers and they're going to yeah. look for Scherzer again. You can't. They can't have that situation. That's where you talked about earlier. 
when you put up crooked numbers, the ripple effect, the butterfly effect, the domino effect is so incredible of what it does. It allows you to rest your big guys. It gets your it gets your under, your under and it takes guys. risky managerial decisions away, Jason. Right too, like it takes like suddenly if you know right. Well, listen, if we're worried about who BIP is going to put in the game, let's get a five run lead so we don't have to worry about it. Hundred percent. And you know what? I, I know I'm going a little bit off script here, but one of the reasons why I think that pitchers can win the MVP award is that the butterfly effect of having an absolute ace who rests the bullpen, allow you to go, allow you to use your bullpen in hundred percent capacity the day before he's pitching. That is incalculable. You cannot, you absolutely cannot define what that means to an organization. It, they affect, they affect the team for at the very least three out of five days, which is sometimes a lot more than what a hitter can do or what an elite hitter can do here in this situation. We're seeing with the Dodgers is that, we're learning what happens when they don't take advantage of their opportunities, when they don't put crooked numbers on the board, and when they just leave themselves in very high-leverage, high-stress situations. And they need – if I'm the Dodgers, I'm going early, hard on game three and looking for the blowout, seeing if you can get yeah. <laughs> into the seventh inning and doing everything I can to sort of blow this thing open. This is deja vu, Jason. You and I spoke they, last week, and it's exactly what we said. The Dodgers are going to come out early and know they got to get up a big lead. <laughs> but they, but, but now it's more than ever because they just lost two games. They probably should have won, or at the very least had a coin flip's chance. And they lost because of Atlanta executed better in their high leverage situations. All right, so listen, we can talk about the Dodgers and how the Dodgers lost, but we got to give credit to the Atlanta Braves every time. Every time the Dodgers like took the lead and they did it, they you know they just they they bounced back. We saw that over the weekend in both games. Albies stepping up big. Dodge, um, you know the there were a couple of close plays, man, really close plays at the plate, but a great aggressive, sharp base running uh, by. But yeah, that's the way it goes. Listen, if Ron if he gets thrown out, they're gonna rip Ron Washington. Phil Nevin got fired. At. More with Jason on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. All right, listen, I need some cash. What for? I just need it, that's all. Oh, no. Don't tell me. You're gambling again, aren't you? Oh, you weak, weak man. What? I am Gabe Marinci, and I got to be honest with you. If I wasn't hosting his radio show right now, I'd probably be hammered in a dark bar somewhere, like crying, feeling sorry for myself. (laughs) 
I'm going to tell you, Jay, Jason B. Tagovic, with this, this show, being on the air every night for the last 20 years has saved my liver, Jason. That's one thing I'll say. You know what I mean? Killed my social yeah. life. You know what I mean? Killed my social life. There's been woman lost along the way. <laughs> but my liver thanks me because there's certain nights where it's just like, oh, God, like, really? Like, ugh, ugh. But you know what I was just thinking of, and I wanted to ask you, because um, I met Jason uh, through uh, Errol Hawani. And uh, Errol Hawani's from Montreal, and we're all from Montreal originally. And um, I didn't know this, but Errol told me once, like years ago, that like he used to call the Expos postgame show when I was doing the game, when I was doing the postgame show and stuff so you know it's funny and you know and ariel's like super big massive obviously uh right now but it blows my mind so i wanted to ask you like do you, do you know him or like well and i'm talking about alex anthopoulos because so just for people tuning in i used to be the host of the montreal expos post game show in in their final years type of deal you know so i don't know what it was like 2003 four you know what i mean that 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 run there 2002, three, four, in that era, whatever. Three, three and four and five, whatever. So, and then in the last year. So, um, Alex Anthopoulos, Omar Minaya was the general manager. So, you guys remember Omar Minaya? He was the general manager, but it's crazy to think that Alex started out basically. Alex Anthopoulos began his baseball career with the Montreal Expos as a media relations intern. Media relations, you deal with Mitch Melnick. Like, you know what I mean? Like, media relations. Like, it's just funny. Like, like, this guy didn't, like, this wasn't handed to this guy. You start off as a media relations guy at a Montreal Expos of a team that was, like, defunct in a couple of years later. What a what a client for Alex Anthopoulos. And I bring this up only because I think of Jock Peterson and, and, and just these deals that they did along the way this year as they had one piece of adversity after another they could have said, you know what, man, this year's just not our year. But they kept plugging in these holes. So, what? what how well do you know Anthopolis? I'm sure you've crossed paths with him. What's your? What's, do you know Anthopolis at all? Because I'm sure he knows yeah. who I am, but I'm not buddies with him. But I remember him as a kid tailing Omar Minayal everywhere in the building, all over the place. Yeah, we we obviously were in the same room a few times with him. He, he was very present in Vancouver's. The Blue Jays kind of took the uh, Vancouver Canes under their wing because we were the last Miami baseball team in Canada. They were the last major baseball team in Canada. Alex is a great guy. I, I didn't particularly work with him on that many things. He has a great staff under him that looked after the minor league baseball operations. Doug Davis, Charlie Wilson, Tony LaCava. Those were my, my points of contact. Just anything we needed from the Blue Jays, from Alex or Paul Beeston and, and, and the three gentlemen I mentioned just now, we got. We never had anything that we did not need. or that. And even if they were like media opportunities or tickets or giveaway stuff um, or anything we really needed, they were there for us. And it, um, that's how I think actually relationships and how affiliates should work. I know that now that... Um, you know, Miami Baseball sort of cut their uh, – Major Baseball has cut the amount of teams in Miami Baseball. I know a few organizations don't necessarily have that relationship anymore, which is a shame, but for, you know, for many reasons. But, um, but yeah, look, Alex – listen, Alex, like yourself and Ariel, are really sh- big shining lights of Montreal, people who have left Montreal and represent us very well on the, on the big stage. Um, no shortage of people, you know, from Quebec who don't represent us very well for many reasons, but I think the three of you do. And uh, I appreciate I think, that. Well, yeah, you're the three-time no, champion. No you, no, you really are. No, you really do. I mean, Ariel, 
Um, I've known Ariel for 20, 25 years. He, he, you know, I would consider him a tier one Expos fan as in, um, you know, out of all people that I know that follow teams, he followed the Expos like crazy. Uh, he, he went to, I actually just found a bunch of pictures from when we used to go to games in 2003, 2004, uh, just the two of us. And then we meet up with other people, uh, terrific memories. And he actually did used to call your post game show, um, when he had his, um, when he would have his parents' cell phone, and he would call from outside. <laughs> from outside. So yeah, well, well, he was like fourteen at the time, or something, right? Like he was young. Yeah, we were. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Listen, he was obviously a huge fan of yours. He got, um, he got a few um, opportunities to do a show. I think on Friday night he had um, he either subbed or he had a returning gig late night Fridays with a guy who used to say his gimmick was "I'll make you famous." Um, so I don't really know who that guy was, but that's who Ariel used to go on go on air with, and it was fun to just see him get his reps in and see him. Oh, uh, you know who it is? It's you know? like I just swear to God, I bet you I know who it is. Aaron Amadeus, the wrestling show. Yes, that's uh, exactly. What, that, it that was that Friday said. night CFMB, the wrestling show. In the ring or inside the ring. Yeah, that's crazy because I, I was like, I'll make you famous. I was like, no, Ted Teevin never said that. I was like, I'm like, no, it's Aaron Amadeus. Yeah. yeah, I'll make your ass famous. He said something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had some tagline. He, that guy's still around. He, he's, yeah, yeah that guy, it's funny you say that. But uh, it's really much about Captain Kirk. I went to the same high school. You know that? Like uh, Willingdon, uh, Willingdon Elementary School. It's on, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't I'm, yeah, I'm not good with street names anymore. I haven't been there in like 25, in 30 years or whatever, but like, uh, I think it's Beaconsfield Avenue. You know the school Willingdon, the elementary school? I do, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, I used to play like in that, that's why I played baseball against the wall, box ball and all that. I used to play there, and I went to West Hill High School, down the street. Yeah. And uh, briefly, I was asked to leave, but uh, yes, I did go there. <laughs> I, I went, I went, to, I went there for like two years or something like that. I went to a lot of high schools, but uh, the exact same two schools that Captain Kirk went to, I followed the same path. True. Yeah, I, like I figured, yeah. like I've looked it up too. There's no one else famous at from my school. I think there's there's some. I think someone's a politician. There's a couple of do-gooder doctors or something like that, <laughs> but uh, I'm just saying that sarcastically. But, but do-gooders, but like, no, I looked up like uh, famous alum t- type stuff, like, and I was like, you know what? Who is? But the thing is, I got kicked out of the school, so I'm not part of their. Um, I'm not part of their history. Like you they know what I mean? Like you, they, they no, donations. they don't call me their own. No, I'm not in the trophy. Like there's a picture of Captain Kirk in the hallway in the school and stuff. Like yeah, yeah. dream, like dream to be like Kirk type thing. So like, uh, yeah, there's no picture of me up. Like they, I, they, they don't recognize me. I can tell. I'll move on. We'll get into the Red Sox, but it's a hilarious I'm, story. I'm sure, they regret, I'm sure they regret that. So you I was. Can teach a, you can probably teach a student or two a thing or two about. Oh, uh, one of the most. One of the most spiteful things I ever did in my life, I feel bad to this day, was years later I was big on the radio and West Hill High School called me and or sent me an email telling me about their volleyball team was in a championship and I could I cover it or something. And I yeah. said, well, I would if you didn't kick me out. <laughs> I uh, responded. Not, don't, don't, you know what? That, that's their like. I know. Nice exactly. I'm like, you guys don't even recognize me because I didn't graduate. So I'm not, no, I'm not, no. I didn't like the guy. So I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. But the best is I got asked to speak at schools, all right? So I'm speaking at a school and 
I got, I quit. I quit the school to go on tour with my punk rock band, Corrupted Youth, in like 1985. I'm 15. I was always late and stuff. And they were like, oh, we got a problem. We got to suspend you. And I said, listen. I didn't do it like angrily. I said, listen, you don't need to suspend me. I said, I'm in a band. And we just got an opportunity to go on the road with DRI. And um, I said, I'm done. I said, I'm, I'm quitting. <laughs> and... and uh, and whatever, I, I got up and I walked out. There was no F off or anything like that. I just got up civilly. I said, thank you. I said, but I'm I'm not going to be suspended because I'm leaving. I got up and I walked out. <laughs> so years later, same crap. I remember I, I won the most popular sports personality in the paper, whatever the hell it was. So lo and behold, they call me and ask me to speak. All right, bro? In front of the school. I'm standing there, Jason. It's the same lady, Mrs. Coleman. I'll never forget her name. <laughs> Mrs. Coleman. I'm standing there, and I look over to her right before, like five minutes before I go on, and I say to her, I go, you know, I'm really surprised that you're asking me to speak here, considering I didn't graduate and I quit. Right? And she goes, you what? <laughs> I said, you don't remember? She goes, no, nah, I don't remember. <laughs> she goes, I thought you graduated. I said, no, I quit. I told you. I, I, I said, I, I quit with you even. She goes, oh, my God, now I remember. She goes, you can't tell the students this. I said, well, I can't lie to them, <laughs> right? Like, I said, well, what am I going to do? Tell them, like, so I'm getting into an argument with this lady, but I'm a grown man now, right? So I'm like, yeah. I said to her, and I knew her name, Edith. I was like, listen, Edith. I said, what do you want me to do, go out there and lie? So I went out there, and it finally came out that I said, don't do what I do. Right? Don't do what I do and quit. And then some guy goes, well, you're the host of the Montreal Canadiens post-game show. You're very popular, so it's worked out for you. <laughs> what the hell am I supposed to say to the kid, right? <laughs> so I'm standing there. <laughs> and I'm like standing there. And I said, listen. I said, I don't make as much money as you think. I said, you know, I, I encourage. And then... And then, whatever, I snapped a little bit. And I said, listen, kid, I don't really care if you graduate or not, all right? I said, but you'd be better off if you do. The kid got up and stormed. He goes, I don't need this crap. He gets up. The, <laughs> one of, storms out of the hall. One of the teachers tells the kid, hey, slow down, stop. The kid shoved the teacher. <laughs> like, that escalated all for me speaking. And then, like, two weeks later, I spoke at Concordia University in front of their sociology department. For whatever reason, a university sociology department asked me to speak. I'm like, about what? And they said, well, your, your show is like a society and whatever. So I was like, all right. And I got into an argument with a girl. Like the college students started asking me questions, and I literally got into an argument. And I was like, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, my speaking days are done. Oh, I was gold, Jason. I could, you'd crack up. I was also on the bar mitzvah circuit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, people would call the radio station and say, am I available for bar mitzvahs? And I was like, I guess, sure. Do what? Like, and Do what? Show up and meet the kid and speak. Like, uh, there were a bunch of kids that were fans of mine. <laughs> so, okay. so, like, I showed up, bro. And I was like, I, oh, my God. Like, I got, like, 1500 bucks for, like, 30 minutes and stuff. I'm getting hooked up with, like, Jewish ladies and stuff, Jason. But I'm not Jewish. But I thought I was Jewish, right? So they're like, you know, they're like, oh, you should get together and meet, meet, and they're introducing me to their relatives. And I'm thinking, like, how am I supposed to tell these people I'm not Jewish? Like, I can't go out with this. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, this, you know, they were very, it was very hardcore, but I uh, had great times. All this bringing up Ariel uh, and Alex at That Anthopolis. is amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. Listen, all roads always look between Ariel and Bar Mitzvahs. There's always one degree of separation. 
Uh, hey, he might have been there. I'll just correct you. In 2004, you were voted the um, the most popular and most well-liked Montreal sports personality. That's what you were thinking of. I appreciate um, that, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's what you that, that's what you And who did I beat? Do you see it in front of you? Like who did I beat? Vladimir no, no, Guerrero, I, right? I remember this. I think you beat Guerrero and you beat, and I'm not kidding. Okay? Yeah, and Jose Theodore. Yeah. But I swear uh, to God, Jason, I walked into the Expos dugout one day before a game. And Vladimir Guerrero pulled me aside. And he didn't talk to anyone. He pulled me aside. And he goes, is this you, man? He goes, this is you? Like, I was above him. And he goes, how are you more popular than me? That's what I told him. That's what he said to me. I said, hey, Vlad, I'm the man. And he was cracking up. He was baffled because he goes, what do you do? He, he was like, all right, we're going to wrap up with Jason on the other side. We've got three more minutes. We'll get the Red Sox pick from him on the way out. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Late night anger management class. Yeah, I sort of ramble on about that. It all came up because Captain Kirk just went to space. And it depressed me, Jason. I'm a big Star Trek fan, but it depressed me. I was thinking, man, I went to the same school as... I went to the same elementary school as this guy. And I went to the same high school as this guy. But look at his life or look at my life, right? So I sort of got depressed. I was like, I was like, man, he's really accomplished a lot more than I have, right? Uh, but like I said, after yeah, him, I'm going to look it up again after. After him, I don't know. I think I'm the most famous person out of that place. I'm telling you. I wouldn't doubt it. All right, Jason. Speaking of famous, Kyle Schwarber, he's pretty famous. So how about that? Two grand slams, not one but two. Not one but two. J.D. Martinez yeah. and uh, Rafael Devers um, uh, both hit uh, grand slams. The first pair of teammates in the postseason hit grand slams. I brought up Schwarber because he got the party started right away. And he just sort of has that calmness about him. I don't know. They're not like the idiots. I know they're d- dirty waters, their thing, and the car and all that. But are you buying in now, bro? Are they going to the World Series? And uh, Rodriguez yeah. is on the hill here tomorrow. So what's your pick for tomorrow's game? Yeah, I've bought in. I, I love the Schwarber uh, acquisition at the deadline. I think he's an adult. He's obviously been there in 2016 with the Cubs. Um, he really solidifies the roster. He's kind of an old-school money ball guy where he takes a lot of walks. He hits a ton of barrels, which means that he basically makes incredible contact when he does. Uh, he's incredibly clutch. You know, if the Red Sox go on to win the World Series, the Grand Slams will literally be a focal point of this because the Grand Slam off of Chris Sale in Game 2 against the Tampa Bay Rays turned that series around because they took Sale out per Tanner Houck in. He, Tanner Houck went five innings, I think gave up a zero or one run, and then they ended up winning that game by eight. And, and they won the next two games to win the Tampa Series. Now they lost Game 1 against Houston, 
and they ended up getting a grand slam to set the tone for game two. And then in the first two innings, they hit two grand slams. They just blew them out right away. So uh, what, what's your prediction in the series? Going go six games, Boston wins the series. Now what's your prediction? We're at about 15, 20 seconds here. I took the, I took Red Sox in five uh, before the series. I, I sprinkled a little bit of Red Sox in the money line. I don't think Houston's good enough this time around uh, to win a game in Boston. Losing last McCullough's junior is way too big for them. Jason B. Takafin. Great stuff, Jason.